Welcome to another episode of Consider This. I have with me in the studio, first of all, I'm Ryan Vincent, but I have with me in the studio Drew Moss and Jim Johnson, and we are talking about the ever-popular subject of submission. Um, we ask fun questions like, what does it mean to actually submit to one another, and who does the one another entail? Who do elders have to submit to, and what might the Bible itself have to do with all of that in a number of different ways. Uh, I hope that this will be helpful, and I suspect that um, having already recorded the bulk of the episode, we may be talking about this more sometime in the near future. Um, okay, so this is an idea, the, uh, the idea of um, submission, but in the context... Are you going to give us some thought-provoking question? Oh, I hadn't thought about that. No, 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 no. go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> Now I might think of it along the way, okay, and it cool, might be cool, an, cool. it might be a podcastal interlude. I'll be over here waiting, okay, <laughs> patiently. Um, the idea of submission okay. is one that is uh, it ripples through the New Testament at a number of levels, and we often talk about that the New Testament, in the context of the church community, has a lot of one another texts, and yeah. so those ideas converge in Ephesians five twenty one where it closes, and, and in the CSB, it's the end of a sentence. Um, but in, in other translations, it's a standalone sentence. But in, in the ESV, or CSB, sorry, it, it, verse 21 concludes a paragraph kind of qualifying it with the phrase, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Other translations might say out of reverence to Christ. Yep. But... What we want to do is to to pull that phrase apart and discuss it today. Um, and one, understand, I think this is this is just proper methodology. Understand what Paul originally meant, and then maybe uh, discuss as it comes up some implications for us today in the church community that we inhabit. So, again, it closes a paragraph that begins back in verse fifteen, and maybe it would be helpful if I just read the whole paragraph because I want to I want to hear your thoughts on what does Paul mean by this particular phrase because it isn't I I I'm going to assume we're going to conclude it's not submit to one another in every way in every circumstance all the time he's he's sure. he's framing it up so here's the paragraph beginning I in, might I'm just going to hold this out I might challenge what you just said but I want to hold that I want to okay. kind of hold that okay. idea so. He says, in beginning in verse 15, Pay careful attention, then, to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. So what is Paul asking them to do when he's calling them to submit to one another in the fear of Christ? Well, it's it's an interesting little section there because it comes this comes at the tail end of as mm. kind of midway through 5, actually I, all the way back in 4, he kind yeah. of starts he spends the first 3 chapters talking about the gospel and what Jesus has done in creating a new kind of people in his church. And then at four, he kind of turns a corner and says, now let's start to talk about what this looks like for us to live the, to live this life as a church. Mm -hmm. And, and in four, it's, it, it definitely is a kind of communal, Hey, here's how the church works. And he talks about the different parts of the body doing these things. And then, 
uh, in chapter five, in midway through five there, he starts to like contrast. To, actually, no, no, it's midway through four. He contrasts between this is the old way of life. This is how yeah. people in darkness live. And this is how people in light live. And so he's got all these different commands about uh, don't uh, steal, but instead be generous. And uh, yeah. don't lie, but speak truth. And don't gossip, but encourage. And all these things. And then he comes down to the end about this idea of being not getting drunk Mm -hmm. with wine, but instead being controlled by the spirit, being filled with the spirit. And what this submit to one another, as you just read those verses, there is, is a section of four. Is it participles? Is that the phrase I'm using? Right. These little statements that come, these four explanations of what it is to be filled with the spirit. Am I using that right? It should be a participle. Okay. Uh, so it it's being filled with the yeah. spirit, yep, yep. submitting. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yep, 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 and so he yep. says, and these are these are kind of he lists off kind of these four t- ways, yep. I guess you would yep. say, or explanations of what that is, mm-hmm. what that looks like. And one is to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So that sounds like corporate worship to me. Singing and making music in your heart to the Lord, which I don't know if that in your heart to the Lord is almost like a private worship, kind of mm-hmm. a a singing, yeah, from mm-hmm. from your heart or in your heart personally. Um, and then giving thanks always for everything to God, which all of those three sound the same to me. Yeah. They're in a similar vein, yeah. yep. which it's is all devotional yep. worship and yeah. praise yep. and thanks. Yep. Yep. And then the last one, this one seems almost out of place, but the last form of being filled with the Holy Spirit is submitting to one another out of fear of Christ, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. So the submitting to one another is not just kind of a random command, but it's actually yeah. an explanation of the true command, which is be filled with the Spirit. Mm. And this is what that looks like to do that. Um, something that I don't think I ever, when I go, man, we need to be more filled with the Spirit. I don't know if I ever think we need to submit to one another more. Yeah. That's not usually what we think of when we think of being filled with the Spirit, but this is Paul says this is how this is done, part of how it's done, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I, I really I, I really like how you've uh, kind of described that what he's descri- what he's looking at or what he's trying to explain to them are a number of ways in which it happens. And I do think that a big part of a lot of what is happening in the second half of the book, which moves from the listing of what Christ has done to the how we respond to what Christ has done. And I think that 4, at the very beginning of chapter 4, is a, is a key part to this. So as a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to walk worthy of the calling that you've received with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, making every every effort to keep the, the, the bond of peace or the unity that actually exists. So that's kind of one of the, one of the governing ideas that's going to kind of be moving through the rest of chapter four. And I think hanging over five. Yeah. So, and, and so I'll just get into it. When I, when I, when you said that, I've I've really been thinking about a lot of the times in which, um, uh, with when it comes to relationships between husband and wives, we we say should a wife always submit to her husband? And I really think and and push back on this one, okay? Because I don't know if I've shared this with you guys. I've wondered if the answer isn't always yes, she always should, but submission doesn't always mean blindly going along. Yeah, because it really is a positional thing. Like literally, the word means to be arranged under. Mm-hmm. So I don't think someone. So I'm an elder in the church. And I'm now acting an un, in an unelderly way. I don't think your response, Drew, as a congregant here, is to not submit to me when you challenge me on my unchristian behavior. I don't know if what you're doing there, positionally, mm. is rebelling against the authority that God has placed. I think you're... I, I, I really think it's... For example, think about it with your kids, right? And this, you, your kids aren't old enough yet, and yours are getting there, right? My boys have a responsibility to honor me 
And that doesn't mean they just go along with everything that I say, that there are increasingly going to be times and opportunities. I had a conversation with my oldest son not that long ago, and he really challenged me on our conversation. And he kind of said, Dad, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm leaving. And I, and I kind of went, you know, I almost pulled the, but I'm your dad card, even though he's like 27. And he said, no, like, I, I really am. Like, I'm free to go, and we can talk about this later. And I thought to myself, he handled that in a submitting way. He handled mm-hmm. that in an honoring way. He wasn't... I, I didn't need to rebuke him for what he said at all. I just thought, no, he's a man. Um, he was honoring me. He was respecting me. And I needed to realize there are limits to what I can do, which there are limits to what elders can do. There are limits to what brothers and sisters can even demand over one another. So I don't know. If, so if, if, what you meant, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. That we, there are times in which, I, I think what you were saying is we don't do it all the time. At times we have to kind of not rearrange things, but act in a way that might look like. Yeah. So I think that um, instead of creating a dichotomy that would be false, I think it would be good for me, Jim, the congregant member, right, to always be submissive to my elders and to even to always be submissive to you mm-hmm. as brothers in Christ here in the studio. And then as I do that, I, I, I remember the, the humility of that. I remember my place. So I, I, and I think it will keep me in check, to be honest with you. I think it keeps me in check. So the Apostle Paul, many times when he begins to exert himself, sometimes will claim his authority, but sometimes will also claim just his brotherhood. Yeah. So, you know, again, I, I, I really think that what Drew is describing here is, 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 a, uh, is an attitudinal thing. Yeah. A life in the spirit. A life in the spirit. A description. And so therefore, it's. I've wondered sometimes in in my brief time that I was spending reflecting on what I knew we were going to be talking about here today. I'm wondering if this phrase, to submit yourselves to one another, I wonder how different it is from um, consider the others, uh, the interests of others before your own. Mm. Like, I wonder how different those two concepts are. I think one has maybe, it just does by the nature of the word, hupatasso, meaning to be arranged under. I think submitting is, is a little... Uh, more, uh, I, I guess, posturally. Yeah, posturally, there's a more of an authoritative aspect yeah. to it than than the other one. But I really don't know what the difference would be. I think if I could sit down with the Apostle Paul, he would say there's a lot of similarities to what you're describing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. No, no, that's helpful. Now, here's here's my my next question. I think you guys have really set this up well. So the following three passages or three paragraphs that may, I mean, we may probably more appropriately consider it one long passage, but the following three paragraphs talk about submission between husbands and wives, submission between parents and children and submissions between masters and workers or masters and slaves. Now, often you'll hear particularly verses 22 through the end of five, uh, all the way through verse 33 is, is a popular passage you'll hear preached at, at, uh, at weddings, discussing the 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 mutual um, affections and what that kind of looks like, how that manifests in where husbands love your wives and wives submit to your husbands. And oftentimes, I've heard preachers jump back to verse twenty one as a way of apologizing for how this paragraph sounds. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, wives submit to your husbands. Don't worry, we also have to submit to one another. And it's almost like. It's, Apologetic. It, well, they, they use it as the counterpoint. Yeah. But, Drew, you made a good point when we were talking about this the other day that actually, as Paul has done with what it looks like to be filled by the Spirit, he gives you an explanation in following. Is he doing the same thing with submit to one another mm-hmm. out of fear of Christ with this list of these three relationships that many people have between a spouse and then parents and then workers? Is yeah. he doing the same thing? 
That's what I mean. I, I do. I, I want to hear you guys' thoughts because I've always read it that way. That hmm. the verse twenty one is kind of o- opening up. He kind of cracks open. He goes, "Now here's. Let me explain yep. to you what I mean yep. by yep. be subject to one another or submit to one another. It looks like this. It looks like um, wives submit to your husbands. Um, it looks like children submit to your parents. It looks like slaves submit to your masters. And uh, and so that's what I think is. Where I might even, again, push back against sure. your pushback sure. is when I looked up, when I was like just scrolling through this word hubitasso in the New yeah. Testament, yep. Yep. it's 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 always spoken in the form of authority. Yeah. So it's never spoken, it's never like a peer-to-peer. Um, it's God subjected all things under Jesus sure. or the church's subject. Even in the Ephesians 5 example, Jesus never submits to the church. Yep. Um, it's it's wives submit to your husbands as the church submits to Christ. And so it's not a, it, at least in there, it doesn't look like a mutual submission. Uh, it looks like a, now I, I, I'm, there's no way I'm going to argue against Philippians two, the idea sure. of consider sure, sure, one sure. another's sure. better than yourselves, which, which I believe not even I, the same. It's not the same word. I'm yeah. wondering the similarities of concept. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, I agree. So I do believe that I should treat my wife, Amy in a Philippians two manner. And sure. that is, I consider her better than myself. Sure. And I say, in fact, that's how Christ loved the church is by serving. Sure. Um, and so, but I wonder if there's a difference between service uh, and submission. Yeah. Uh, if, if that is like, yeah, if that, if this seems to be a follow the authority structures that God has established yeah. Yeah. is kind of what he mean, means. I think that. you're a hundred percent right. So I've done some work on this particular word recently because of some work I've been doing in first Corinthians, which is only used in chapters, like I think 14, 15 and 16, which is interesting mm-hmm. that he doesn't use it earlier when he's got some pretty important things that he's got to say about, um, how the church should work and uh, some disciplinary type issues. You'd yeah. think he would Where use it earlier. His own authority would be important. Yeah, but yeah. he doesn't use it. Yeah. Okay, but he brings it up in the in the in the last chapters. Now, so here would be my pushback to the pushback of my pushback. Yes, <laughs> is that I don't think you could read twenty one and say that it's never used or it's always used in an authoritative context because twenty one is clearly mutual. Am I missing something? Well, that's what I don't know if the I I still wonder if the submit to one another if. Uh, if that is the breakout of if if this twenty two on down is the explanation of twenty one, so what do I mean by submit to one another? I mean follow the proper authority uh, okay. structures no, that Christ has saying. given. No. I see what you're saying. So you know what I mean? so what he's saying is submit to one another, and what I mean is wives submit to, uh-huh. children submit to, uh-huh. servants submit to. That's what I'm seen that's what i'm that's what i'm that's how i've always read it yep, and that's yep, why yep, i yep, say yep. like i'd uh, an outside perspective on that i'd love to hear you guys but as i walk through so you've never okay i'm gonna ask you a question yeah. here you've never read 21 as mutual brother to brother sister to sister submission you've only read 21 as speaking wives to children to servants to i don't know that i can say i've never read it the way i still the the person that i remember doing the apologetic wedding thing that you talked about, Ryan. <laughs> First place I remember was, was Rob it? Bell's Velvet Elvis. Okay, good. And I thought it was me. I was going to go, please don't be me. Please don't be me. I was no. kind of worried that it was me. I'm like, I don't think I said it, but <laughs> I remember, I remember him saying, Rob Bell says, oh, the church loves to talk about he, Ephesians 5, 22, uh, 
wives yeah. submit to your husbands, but how come we never mention 521 where the husbands are told to submit to their wives? And when I read that, I actually remember going, huh, that's interesting, and kind of looking at that. And, and so I, I can say I've considered that, but the more I look at it, the more I go, I don't know if what he's saying there is yeah, husbands no, no, submit point. to your wives just as much as wives well, submit and, to your and husbands. And we don't, we never really get exhaustive lists from Paul. We don't even get an exhaustive list of what it looks like to be filled by the Spirit. Sure, sure, sure. So I don't think because he didn't list Drew submit to your brother Jim that he doesn't also have that in mind. If this is an uh, uh, yep. an explanatory list, and we, he, what he what he neglects doesn't yeah. you know negate. Yeah. No, so. I don't. I don't know what to do with that. I'm gonna have to think. I mean, I'm not gonna be able to come to a conclusion in the time <laughs> this podcast is over. So I, I think that's a great point, Drew. He could be doing that. And here's, uh, I think it. Which, it does, and it doesn't undo Philippians two. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't undo <laughs> Philippians two, which is that we all yeah, treat yeah, one another yeah. as more important than there ourselves. There's yeah. no mm-hmm. way around that. That's what Christ did for us. And yep. if Christ did that for us, how can I not do that for anybody else? Yep. yep. Uh, but I do think. I think even what you said helps me a little bit because you know it talks. Uh, you said submission doesn't. Mean blind obedience. Yeah, yeah. It has to do much more with an attitude and an understanding of, of kind of my place. Yeah. And and that's you you even referenced like your conversation with Matthew. Like it doesn't mean he I wasn't obeys. gonna use his name. I was just gonna say my oldest son. Gotcha. Sorry. Um Mateo with, is his name now. Exactly in Mexico. And he, like, yeah. you know, you, you talk about, like, yep. it was almost like, even though he's not blindly obeying you, there was a little bit of a recognition of, hey, yes. this is my father. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there is a there is a, a structure here that Christ has put in place, and I want to honor him even as I disagree with him, which is okay for me to do. Yep. But I want to honor the, the structure yep. that, that God has put in place. And, and that's where I would go back to your question and say, yeah, there really is a sense in which, you know, if, you, if by submit you mean... Uh, disagree with and not go along with, then I I think we don't always submit, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. I think there are times, obviously, where when someone is acting in, not in accordance with the authority that has been given to them, and I think that's how we come out from under the submitting obligation, particularly even in the three examples that we have in Ephesians 5. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe it is appropriate for a yeah. son to submit to his father or to his mother in a way that dishonors what Christ has asked for. Right. I don't think it's right for um, uh, a master to ex- exert influence or power or authority that has not been given to them by God over a servant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and the same thing with, with, with wives certainly and husbands. Not husbands yeah. who are acting in abusive manners yes. trying to throw yeah. them. Like, certainly not. So, yes. Yeah, so well, certainly not. We would we would we would never do that. I think in all three of those cases, actually, I think it's even important for the church to realize that they are to assist others in coming out from under um, uh, under the, the 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 wrath of or the the control of the domineering control. I mean, I think it's actually the responsibility of other Christians to come mm-hmm. out and help them. Yeah. So so if, if that's kind of how we're describing it, I think the answer is yes. I, I am a little concerned though that we become. I, I think we lose something. When um, uh, and I'll, I'll use the categories that we see in five. Um, when a wife feels like I don't have to submit anymore, I think something is lost in the attitude of it. Or mm-hmm. even my, my concern about even losing a mutualness in fifty in in, in twenty one is oh okay. So then as an elder, there's you're nobody at, I submit you're at to. At the top of the food right? chain, like there's nobody I submit to. Yeah. So that that was one of my quick. I mean, I don't know if I've ever had that thought before, but I mean that's one of my quick thoughts. Yeah. There's no submission that I have 
um, in the in the congregation as a as an elder. And I, I I'm curious to know what Paul would b- yeah. would say about that. He might even say, hey, "You're right. You know what? No, that that word." And Paul would I think do this. That word doesn't apply in these instances. So let me go to Philippians two, and I want to use this word here, which yeah. talks about you know even love one another. He might even say, "That's why I only gave you three examples." <laughs> yeah, because these are the ones. <laughs> these are the ones obvious. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, because it's most obvious. So I think I think that's the part that I get concerned about. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about you guys. So let's stay in the wife category. Um, it has really helped me love my wife to consider her to be my sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. It has really helped me. Um, or, or better yet, actually, the, the better terminology is not my sister, but God's daughter. Mark Driscoll did a sermon. I don't know if I'm allowed to use his name nope. um, anymore, but I'm going to tell you, I mean, there was one thing he said to me that deeply impacted me is that I need to view my wife as God's daughter and not just my wife. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's truly, and in that sense, it's been helpful for me to realize um, whether I want to think about the love of her or the stewardship of her or whatever, the, the, the paradigms of who we are. We're teaching a series on Wednesday night at WNS on identity. And I think it's good to realize that the Bible gives us a number of identities that actually mm-hmm. exist. And so that's where the concept of submission really gets complicated because truly um, I might be an elder of you, but as we kind of change the dynamic or the responsibilities or the relationships, what happens when I'm trying to exert my uh, my eldership over Amy and you're exercising your uh, your husbandry mm-hmm. over Amy, where do these things line up? And I, I, I do believe we could figure it out. I do believe the Bible actually gives us even clear, at least I get a sense of where the lines of our relationships and the authority structures, like where they properly overlap yeah. and where, and I think that's where, if we're going to use the word intentionally, any kind of an abuse of power Abuse of power is is not just tyrannical. It, it could even be well meaned. It could it could actually even be well intended. But if there's no authority, it, I might mm-hmm. I might be the best guy in the world doing the best things possible. But if I if I run around just arresting people in town um, <laughs> for things that I think they're doing wrongly, and I'm impersonating, I, I get a police on, uh, a uniform and I put some lights on my car, and I go around and I'm even following the law. I would go to jail for doing that, yeah. right? And so that's the problem. Well-intended abuse, I'm air quoting this, abuse is just the exercising of authority where there is none. Yeah. Well, so, I think that's even, and that's even a great, like it's not just like you trying to take a different role, tra- Jim trying to be a policeman yes. when he's not. Yes. It's, it's Jim, even as an elder, trying to do things that the, the scriptures have not given authority to elders to, to do. do. Mm-hmm. So elders don't get to... Uh, Elders don't get to determine uh, who can date who in a yes. church or yes. how many kids you can or should have or whether or not, you know, the, the el- husband is allowed to get a job outside the home. Yes. Or the or, <laughs> or that the wife has to stay at home. Yes, those, yes, the, yes. The, the elders can't say that. And and I think same with like husbands, like husbands having the authority in their family. If fathers have it means like we guide people, we guide our family towards Christ. Yep. We yep. help them yep. to grow up. It doesn't mean we determine whatever, what kind of car our wife gets to drive yes, or yes, how, yes. how, what, you know, what, what we should be having for dinner every night. And yep. those, those yep. are, yep. those are things where I am abusing. I'm going well outside yep. what yep. God's, what kind of authority God has assigned to me as a, as a father or a husband in the house. Let so me, the part I will just, let me, I'll say this quickly. The part that I would recommend is, is that as you are responding to the, the misuse, I'll just use that. I like that term better, but the misuse of, well, cause I think the majority of what we're dealing with here are well-intended 
misuse. So, yeah, yeah. so uh, it's a well-intended misuse. Um, is to not uh, like rise up mm-hmm. and throw off the shackles as much as it is to lovingly speak the truth to go back into chapter four, right? Speak the truth to one another in love. And there is this admonishment and there is this, there is this beauty. Like think about how Christ responded. I, I, I don't think Christ ever in his, in his execution or even in his trial, I don't know if he ever didn't submit to them, hmm. right? He didn't, I, I think he submitted to Roman authority. I mean, right? Yeah, did, yeah. did he not? So there really is a, and yet Submits he was, to Caesar, uh, yes, to Caesar, and yet he was also defiant. Yeah. So it's kind of like this, huh? That's really interesting. Jesus never went. You can't do this. So that leaves me okay. So what, I Ryan's can, I never going to Ryan's no, never I, get to I, ask us questions. I'm not even. <laughs> I got. I got new questions. <laughs> well, let me just say that something that I just made a connection to. You know, you were talking about because I've been like actually troubled since you said if this is about authority and not about mutual submission, then who do the elders submit to? And you know, the husband has to, the el- husband submits to the elders. Um, you know what I mean? So the, the husband does have someone to submit sure, to, and, sure, and, the sure. elders, and obviously the answer is the elders submit to Christ. But I think well, maybe maybe what we'd say is the next thing is the the elders submit to the word of God, to the word sure, of Christ. Sure. And therefore, I don't. I can go to Jim, even though he is my authority as an elder, and I can't go. Well, I think I yeah. should do this, and I'm not gonna. And but what can I can do to is the higher I can, authority. Yeah, yes. I can say here, Jim, is what I. Here's what I'm seeing in the scriptures. Sure. And and hopefully what Jim is doing is he is if if what I'm actually pointing out is true, and if what I'm pointing is that, that he does, he's yeah. not submitting to yeah. me, yeah. but yeah. he is submitting to the scriptures as yes. I hold. This. this is also, I think, why it's important to have a plurality of elders, yeah, a sure. plurality of leadership. So it's not just one person who calls the shots, but hopefully the other elders are coming to Jim and go, Jim, dude, you're off yeah. base. Look at what the word of God says. And but, but, uh, you know, but I don't think that's not submitting. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, when yeah. you come to me and you challenge my eldering yeah. right over you and your family, I wouldn't go, Whoa, what are you doing? Challenge. I mean, some guys might, but I, if you're, if you're bringing this, I recognize where I sit. Right. Yeah. And so I get it. And so I'm like going, okay, wow. Okay. So I might be your elder, but yeah, we're both under the word of God yeah. and it, it yeah. really becomes a, a leveling agent. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, this has prompted a, a new thought in that I don't think is going to be wildly popular in the American church. So then it's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> but what if like, could we say at, in some sense, like the whole of the Christian life is recognizing the proper authority? Mm. Scott McKnight wrote mm. a book years ago called the King Jesus gospel that we as a staff fell in love with. We, yep. we probably read it six, seven years ago, but he describes the fall in the garden as Adam and Eve usurping yep. God's authority. Yep. Yep. And I remember you last night, Jim yep. teaching yep. on the irrationality of sin is to recognize God's authority and, and ignore it, it and do whatever you want. And I wonder if, if we could read verse 21 in a kind of leveling way, as you say, Jim, and then read the following three paragraphs or sections or pericopes, whatever you want to call them, as also explanations of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have we, I mean, how many times have we had to wrestle? Every major denomination has had to wrestle over the question of authority, particularly with the biblical text. And so I wonder if so much of the Christian yeah. life. Yep is That's actually good. a discussion of to whom do you submit mm. you know yeah i even follow <laughs> through i even as you know you go down and you go each one of those actually it's not just husbands and wives represents christ in the church but we find that same metaphor with fathers and children that god is our father yep. and so we submit yep. and we find that same 
metaphor with masters and slaves that we are slaves to Christ. And mm-hmm. so in that sense, I wonder if, you know, in, in a sense, every bit of authority that we see in the lo- in the world, though it may be twisted or it may be broken, but every sense of authority is a reflection of the authority of God. It's it's a structure, something that he's placed over us yep. as kind of a reminder. And in a sinless world, I think this is true. Is this true? In a sinless world, those authority structures aren't necessary. Like, would you hmm. say like uh, government is not necessary in a sinless world? Would you, would you say no? I, well, I, uh, this is a, I want to say new thought. It's probably now 10 years yeah. old. It seems new to me. But so if you read Randy uh, Alcorn's book, Heaven, he describes that what it, the, the, the reason why we believe in a more egalitarian model mm-hmm. is because we can't imagine um, people who are over us not abusing us. And so in his, like, for example, like Jesus talks about in the, in the new kingdom that the apostles will be given like people to rule over. Mm. So there's a little bit of a rule over it. You'll be given the cities tribes, to rule yeah. over, like with the, with even the, in, um, even in the, the garden, both pre fall, like fill the earth and subdue it. Yes. Like there so is there's a, a control or so there is something there. So, mm-hmm. that, so I, I remember when I first read that, I yeah. thought, I don't think I've ever thought of that. I yeah. literally thought that it was going to be, you know, like a perfect world, like 1918, the Soviet Union, um, where just everybody was just mm-hmm. loving one another. And it was just this wonderful utopian society. That's kind of the way yeah. I always thought heaven was going to be. Yeah. Um, and when, Ra- when Randy Elkhorn said is that, no, can you imagine? So for example, um, I, I don't think that we would have to, God would have to lose his authority over us in order for us to be free or in order of us to be uh, treated well, because so God can have authority over me in a, in a sinless state since he is always in a sinless yeah, state. Yeah. And so I don't know if it works that way. I really don't. I really, it, it, but so that view really challenged me and yeah. he kind of drew on some of the 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 parables where Jesus is describing or some of the promises that Jesus describes to the apostles um, that they will judge others that they will ru- rule over others so um, I don't know very interesting so little, what are little, they little doing? thought what are they doing well he literally says like we'll live or Andy Elkhorn speaking yeah. a little bit of the uh, what they call um, uh, kind of like hypothetical theology right yeah, where yeah. you're kind it's, of going out there it's sound speculation yeah it, it is it's speculative theology and he basically says that we'll continue to have cities and the people will continue to make decisions except in, in instead of doing them in a way where they're self-interest I've been reading these fascinating I just gotta say this I've been reading these fascinating articles um, uh, in the Wall Street Journal about Facebook and how they don't have the right the same rules for everybody and how they know things that are going on and how surprise, surprise, even a, uh, a very, uh, they I think they try to pretend like, Hey, we're here to help society, but they found all these memos where no, they're incredibly self-serving and they care a lot about their brand and about their model. So even the most well-intended of us seem to care about our own interests, mm-hmm. but imagine if that was gone. Like, um, have you ever, this is now a really awkward question. Have you ever worked with someone (laughs) who like, who you believe genuinely had your, your best interest, maybe not perfectly. Like it wasn't, it wasn't hard to work with them. Like I never, I'll just go back to my time at the college. I never resented Mark. I never resented Ken. I never felt like the trustees were, 
I never thought, I can't wait till I get to heaven and I don't have a boss like Mark. I mean, I never felt that way. I actually felt somehow loved by him and protected by him. So I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's the part that I'm saying. I, I wonder if my desire for an equal world is because I just can't fathom anyone not taking advantage of me. Yeah. But if nobody was, I, I don't know if I'd have a problem with it. Yeah, I, I think. So I, mean, I don't know. That's my that's I'm my trying to figure out still what they're what. And making I think decisions. that's great. Yeah, I guess making decisions about uh, where to put a what, road. Okay, okay. No, but I, I, yeah. mean, I, I mean, truly, I think yeah. I really think that what we're going to have in heaven is going to be a life. Yeah. Right. So, well, I, again, when I say a road, I'm just trying to think of I don't yeah, know what it's going be to be like. This world yeah. renewed. Yeah. It's going to be thing. renewed. Yeah. So, renewed. whatever that looks like, I think there's still going to need to be decisions. There won't be any to mask be mandate decisions sense. to be made. We know that. Yeah. No mask mandates. So, in the end, when somebody says, like, and just imagine what it would be like if somebody said, "Hey, we're going to put a road here," and I just went, "Okay, I trust you." Yeah. Instead of going, well, no, what about where I want to put the road? It's like, well, no, I, tr- I trust you, and and God has given you the authority and the rights. So, so for example. Um, man, this went in a little bit of a different direction. Yep. What was the one of the major complaints that God had of Israel was that they refused to acknowledge Moses's responsibility that God had given them over them. And so when you go back, I mean, you, you read a lot of commentators today, and the commentators love to say, this is clearly Moses exerting his power and manipulating. Oh, because they don't the believe. Author. Well, yeah, yeah, as the author. They literally want to undercut this by going, obviously, we don't believe in God, and we don't believe that he is doing this. So these texts where Miriam and Aaron challenge Moses' leadership, this is their way of. Clearly, when um, uh, the rest of the Levites challenge um, the, them or the other tribes challenge the Levites. This is clearly their way of exerting their power and their influence, right? So a little bit of a critical race theory interpretation of the Old Testament. And I think that becomes a major problem because the text seems to say that when they're doing that, God takes offense to it because they're rebelling against the authority that he has established, mm-hmm. which is what Paul does in Romans 12. To rise up against Rome, Paul argues, is to defy God. God is the one who has instituted these powers. Therefore, we should submit to them. So I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering if, if that kind of plays into it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, as we put some, some practical uh, grit to this, I'll, I'll, I'll back up and even explain the, the genesis of this particular subject. Uh, a couple weeks ago in my Sunday school class, um, we weren't actually dealing with this particular uh, series of texts um, but my opening question to the class is, what do you think about the statement that I frequently say to my kids to oh. love me is to obey me? And the class was probably 60-40 split. The 60% are like, yeah, I guess that makes sense with a kid. And other people are like, well, I think you're violating his autonomous freedoms. <laughs> and I said, well, here's, what, here's where I, I get that. I said, the Bible conflates those two ideas yeah. left and right. Love and obedience go hand in glove yeah. in the yeah. Bible. Yeah. And I said, as someone who, you know, in my case, I have kids eight and under, um, as people who are under my authority very directly, I don't think that I'm out of line to equate their affection for their father with their desire to submit to him. And, and not that I get everything right, so it's not like to always do what Ryan wants is the right thing to do, but to always submit to Ryan, in their case, is probably the right thing to do. And then your third son... And uh, we'll, we'll, we won't protect the innocent. His name is Max. He, he asked the question. He said, so think of that in the context. He, he did go to, to Ephesians uh, 6, the very first paragraph, to talk about children obeying their parents. He said, 
if love and obedience are not one in the same, but very, very closely related, sure, sure. what does that look like as kids age? Yeah. Like, how does the, the transfer of authority, where's the needle slide? And what does it look like to submit to my father in Max's cases? What is he, like 23, 22, yeah. 23? Yeah. What does it look like for me to, to like, take into account the, the Ten sure. Commandments to honor my parents sure. and to take into account the call to submit as I am a grown man with my own family? What does that look like? And so I, it, we had a pretty fun and robust conversation in class, but I thought that would be a really interesting contextual application for us. Like, what does it look like? And, and you've, you've described a little bit of an yeah. interaction with Matt, but yeah. maybe let's, let's tease that out a little bit more. What does it look like as the relationships change? Well, well let, me, let me say this. Um, I think there is a, probably a cultural element to this that we, 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 we seldom talk about. Um, uh, again, you may hate oh, this yeah. statement, but you can have a problem with it. Take it up with those people in Thailand. But my friend from Thailand used to say in seminary, we have a, we have a, 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 a cliche, like a motto, um, about how to parent our kids. And it's this, if you love your goat, you tie it up. <laughs> and that's their parenting motto in Thailand. Now you might think, you know, you're, you're smarter than them cause you're an American, but that was his motto. If you love your goat, you'll tie it up. They have very strict guidelines and they also have strict guidelines that stick around after yeah. marriage, which well, again, I could, I think I could question a little bit leaving and cleaving and how that fits, but the Bible seems to have probably a stronger connection that I would have or a stronger yeah. authority that I would have over Matthew, even though he has left the home or kind of in our culture to life. leave and cleave means to put a lot of like miles between yes. typically. Yes. Whereas, you know, my stepmom is from a, a more of a middle Eastern culture and up until the day she died, my, her mother could call shots for the family. Yeah. And for kids that have grandkids of their own, she could still exert authority in that culture. So, again, I won't answer the question, but I'll say I think as Americans, we, we might be able to learn something from other cultures around the world that have a, I believe, a more biblical view of this where there's stronger ties and connections into uh, our into our parents and our grandparents. I think we could learn something from them. So. Don't know if they're all right, but I, I think there's a cultural element. Yeah, I, and I really do think that, you know, like you, you touched on it, but Jim's example of him and him and Matt's conversation is like a helpful version of that at a point where I leave the household, that there is some level of like the rules and commands of my father aren't, aren't they, they don't, they're, they're not, not as binding. Yeah, they're not as binding. Um, however, but, but I still am bound to that idea of honoring my parents yeah. that that remains yeah. and so i want to treat them in a way i want to talk to them i want to respect um and consider their opinions and sure. their stuff sure. um with without just kind of tossing it aside even if i don't do that straight away one of the things that interesting things i just thought about is even like in the bible i think even though it still stayed but one of the one of the separators was marriage um, yeah. it was yeah. cause, cause like you said, you leave and you cleave. Yeah. So I leave my parents and I, and I cleave to my wife and we become yeah. kind of a new unit. There's even no though, bachelor season in your yeah, life. But there wasn't in the Bible that that wasn't a thing. There yeah. wasn't a thing of just yep. being single and 30, Free. you know what I mean? And yeah, it's like you were single and lived with your parents until you were, yep. until you were married and then not. And sometimes actually you were still married and kind of living at least in the, in the, <laughs> in the compound, on the compound of your parents. But yeah, so that even, that makes it a little bit more complicated, but I still think that that yeah. idea applies that when I leave the household, mm -hmm. the honor remains, even if I don't follow all the strict guidelines, or whatever up. 
So let me throw this in there. I, I really wonder how much we don't understand this when we remove the honor-shame culture that we don't live in. Yeah. So a lot of the submitting to one another and a lot of the, you know, children honor your father literally becomes a shame issue. For us, I don't know how much I think about that. I don't know how much I, I really reflect on. I, I think, if anything, we almost think less of people who have deep ties to their parents yeah. um, afterwards. It's like, no, you really need to loosen the apron strings. Mm-hmm. You really need to, like, come yeah. on, be on your own. Like, we, we think like that. But if you put this in the biblical context where there's honor, shame, how Drew lives his life is a direct result for how Steve and Dawn are viewed in the community. Yeah. So the decisions that Drew makes and the decision that Amy makes and the decisions then that Ella and Huddy make, and yeah. literally kind yeah. of shines on mom they're and dad. A, they're a reflection of their parents. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine the weight that is on the system um, when you have these concepts of like submit and honor. When you add that into an honor shame society, yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's easier. We. We, we, we so don't get that concept. We look for the yeah buts. Yes. But I'd be curious to hear how like all the mustard seed congregations would read these sure. in a deeply held honor. Well, even going society. back to the original question, I really think that Paul, because of his honor shame concept, would would have no ability to ever acknowledge or recommend someone not not submit as yeah. they are exerting a call yeah. to a greater authority. I don't think he would go, yeah, that's where you don't, I think, I don't know yeah. how he would even think like that because how it would, would bring shame. I think what he would do is exactly how you described it. That was really helpful to think about the greater authority over both of us. Mm-hmm. I think what Paul does is even, in, again, thinking about with Christ and Paul when they're being accused by their by their leaders, mm-hmm. they seem to over, is, is they, they, they don't try to come out from underneath them, they reach over them as they appeal to the word of God. Yeah. And that's, that's what they do. And so I think within that model, they seem to stay within the system. Mm. So they're calling their parents to account to what they know their parents are accountable to or to what the Sanhedrin is accountable to. That's what they're doing. That's even what Jesus does is Jesus doesn't go, how dare you treat me like this? Jesus literally says, can I give you what, yeah. what the word says over yeah. I don't know if Jesus he, would he ever invoke, say over us, but he definitely Moses. I mean, he 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 goes to their authority yes. really, really quickly. So I don't yeah, know. I wonder that's if interesting. How, how often, like it, it just is a deeply held tendency in us to argue from the exception. I see this yep. often with uh, with biblical sexual ethics um, that uh, if if this is rather evident in the text. Um, our first response is to look for the exceptional cases and then use that to set the norm. And that, that leads into kind of my last, my last question here is in you guys, what are some of the obstacles that you run into when it comes to submitting to the Bible's concept of submission? Like what, and, and not, maybe it doesn't manifest in an actual, you know, rebellion against whatever authority structure is over you, but what, what are some of the tendencies in your hearts and minds that, that make this at times difficult for you? Um, gosh, you know, it's, it's uh, the easy question is just like simple selfishness. You know what I mean? And that's what it seems to be the, the just autonomous, the, the desire for autonomy and to be able to just call my own shots is kind of the most basic thing. But I do think... Uh, I do think we live in a culture where uh, freedom and self-expression is the highest ideal. Yeah. It's not just like a good thing to mm-hmm. want to do. It's not just like a man. That's a nice 
luxury to have, but it's almost like a moral. It's almost like a moral goal to aim for. Yeah, it's virtuous to be to have freedom of self expression, Mm -hmm. and so it 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 grinds against. I I think, and I think that that is, um, I think that that is we're like fish in water in that in a way that we can't even that's hard for us to even see or think about how Mm -hmm. much my own personal freedom to make whatever choices I want to make, how much that just feels like that is the nature of how things ought to be all the time. I don't, I don't even like second guess it a lot of times. And so I think it's, it's good for me to be aware of that, that I just am going to naturally without thinking want to do what I want to do. Mm. And, and, and it's so, so ingrained in my culture and so ingrained in who I am that that I think butts up against this a lot for me, you know, even, even as I, try to recognize that in the culture and even as i say i don't i want to submit and i want to be but i just need to recognize how how deeply held that is in me and around me all the time you know i I think we have to be uh, working towards a specificity of language and a specificity of applying things and a consistency in that specificity and what i mean by that is you know, when you say that, I'm, i'm thinking about even being the lead pastor at sunnybrook i don't know how often i play that card but I'll tell you, I don't think I almost ever have to play that card because you guys do a great job of recognizing me and my responsibility and the elders and our responsibility to, th- I'm also, I'm an elder, but I'm also, I submit to the other elders. That was the other thing I thought about. There is mutual submission within the eldership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not Jim gets to make a decision. It's literally, uh, I was in an elders meeting last night and we we're just kind of looking around and we're all in this together. We've got to come to this mutually. Um, and so I would say that I'm sure there are times in which there is selfishness that comes, causes problem, but I think the two of you, so I'll just speak about this table. I think the two of you are very naturally submissive people. And I think people might look at, 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 at individuals and go, Oh wow. Like you're confident or you're whatever, or you might even be a little selfish. Selfishness. You, you can be selfish and still be submissive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just means that, that that where you're going to fail is when you are acting out in a selfish way. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I, I think as I as I look at both of you and I've known you for a really, really long time, I, I don't think I've ever thought to myself. Um, and I can't even think of a, mo- a time in your life when you've been selfish, but um, I'm sure you have. Been. I'm just going to trust you on this read. <laughs> um, so when when that happens, like, I don't know if I would ever look at you and let's say there was a selfish moment. I don't know if I would look at you and go, I can't believe you're not submitting. I think I would just look at you and go, hey, dude, I just, I don't think, I think you were selfish there. <laughs> so I, I would say there's a lot of good that you guys and that a lot of our congregation is. I think our congregation, if you were to ask me, is our congregation mostly submissive or not mm-hmm. submissive to one another and to the elders? I would go without, without even blinking, easily, incredibly respectful and submissive. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. And then I go, oh, yeah, but looking culturally, yeah, I know what you're talking about. As Americans, we're, we're fiercely independent and we care about our rights. But when you go, okay, and you start listing names, Natalie Ambrose. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. She's, she's phenomenal. She gets this. She's a God-honoring wife and a God-honoring sister. I mean, and if I were to start listing names, and I, I could go off, but you would go, wow, there's a lot more submission than I realized. So oh, yeah. I think we need to be honest that just because we aren't perfect— doesn't actually mean we might not be submissive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would like to draw some distinctions and when we need to draw distinctions and say, is what we're dealing here is every, every sin that we might have against one another is not a lack of submission. Sometimes it's just submitting wrongly. Yeah. 
yeah. if that makes sense. Good. You know, for me, where where I can struggle with it, like you said, I think people may even be surprised that I I, w- I would agree that I am more of a naturally submissive person yeah. than the personality communicates. Um, for me, where I where I maybe ah, I wish it was just something different than what the text says is. Um, in the number of situations or, or relationships where I do have authority, I sometimes get frustrated with the degree of responsibility that yeah, that comes with. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I kind of, Rachel, could we be equals more? <laughs> and and uh, sometimes you just, uh, you know, you can call it cowardice or or weakness or whatever. But sometimes it's like I don't want the buck to stop with me yeah. on this one. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want to have to have that conversation with my son. Um, and yet that is what in the, in the position, in the authority structure God has ordained over the entire universe, that is a responsibility that I have. And a lot of people don't want that responsibility. Yeah. And sometimes I struggle with that. Yeah. So, uh, Hey, Drew. Yeah. So verse 19. Yeah. Is that one another wives to husbands? And children to parents. <laughs> Speaking to other tall sins, uh, I think and, that is and servants to masters. I think that is the church. So mutually, I think that is corporately. Okay, and then two verses later, I think that is corporately, and that does not mean uh, Elder Jim to my son Hudson. I think in the corporate in the corporate church that there's a structure that God has given for that. Yep. So the so, one another in nineteen is mm-hmm. different than the one another two verses later. And you get the, I'm not even, I'm yeah, just yeah, trying yeah, to go, yeah, yeah. You, that's what you think. Yeah, I literally believe he's saying church do this and church do this. And I don't think okay. he's saying, I don't okay. think he's saying, but I mean, everyone just yep. submit to everyone all the time. No, nope. like he's saying church do this. Everybody sing. Yep. Thank God. Do these things and church submit to one another. Now, let me tell you what that looks like. Okay. Well, that's, that's no, again, no, no, I don't. I, here's what I can say. I can't yeah. go. That doesn't make sense. No, I, yeah. I get it. That yeah. is a, that is a possible. I don't know if I, I don't know yet what I yeah. think. So we'll I'll have to, have to I'll have to wait. Yeah, because I, I I think you came up with a great answer. I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to be determined. Or an inevitable part two. Uh, thank you guys for for coming and and talking about this. We took a couple of cool turns that uh, we didn't necessarily plan on, but I think that that might make it a bit more interesting. Nevertheless, we love you guys, and we will see you next time.